Welcome. You're listening to Gravity Healthcare Hacks with your host, Melissa Brown, Chief Operating Officer from Gravity Healthcare Consulting and self-professed healthcare nerd. Monthly, we will provide industry expertise and tips to help keep your feet firmly on the ground in the world of healthcare. Hello, everyone, and welcome to our podcast, On Shift Telephysician Services, The Next Move for SNFs. I'm really looking forward to my discussion today with Mary Alexander. Mary is a registered nurse and a regional manager for Sound Physicians Telemedicine. She has a broad professional background, including hospitals, LTACs, home health, hospice, and SNF experience. She has been both a bedside nurse and an administrator, so she brings a really unique perspective to our podcast. Mary, welcome to our podcast. Thanks for having me. So Mary, tell me a little more about yourself and your experience. Well, thanks for asking. Um, I, as you can tell by my accent, I'm from Alabama originally, Birmingham. I started my nursing career um, in 1987, so 34 years ago. And I remember that because that's how old my daughter is. So um, she was born shortly after I got out of nursing school. I started in um, a hospital at the bedside. I worked for a couple of different hospital systems in Birmingham, um, cardiac, orthopedic, oncology, med surge, diabetes. I got a really good broad background. And then about 25 years ago, I started home health care um, simply because I was a single mother and I needed uh, eight to five hours, which was difficult to find in the hospital environment. So it was really a blessing in disguise because I feel like um, I found my calling there. I felt like a nurse for the first time. Mm -hmm. I developed relationships with these people. I got to see them very regularly. And while they're our most frail, they're also our most experienced. So I felt like I um, was really making a difference in their lives, helping them balance the multiple diagnoses and the things that were going on with them, both you know, health-wise and social-wise, but also I learned so much from them. Um, I, get, I wrote my first bucket list when I um, was still in my 20s because I would talk to these people and as they shared their stories, some of them, you know, would, would seem very happy and at peace and they had done everything that they wanted to do and others didn't seem like they had got around to doing everything that they really wanted to do, that life had just worked out different. So I'm they're the inspiration for the bucket list that I update every year. Yeah, I find working with the elders that we care for such an inspiring place to work. It is truly a privilege to take care of those who have uh, contributed so much to society for so many years. And they bring so much knowledge, a, a depth of wisdom. I remember having an issue with uh, some ground bees that had infested my property and I couldn't get an answer from anybody I asked that I thought would know what to do. And one resident overheard me talking in the nursing home and exactly what they told me to do is exactly what worked. They'd solved the problem I'd had for an entire year. So it's oh, a privilege yes. to care for them for sure. I took care of little wives that would go out in the backyard and pick pecans for me for a birthday or a Christmas present just because they wanted to get back and they didn't have much money, but they, they just had that ability to find a way to give back to the community. It's, it's just been a wonderful experience. Absolutely. And where did you go from there? Um, I went um, after home health care. I um, moved to Florida. And when I was looking for a home health care job, I found um, the LTAC. So I thought the specialty hospital was going to be like 
um, the nursing home that I had worked for. But so for a long time, I did uh, every other weekend at the nursing home on the night shift because mm -hmm. it paid more. And my daughter, that was the weekend my daughter went to her father's. So every other weekend, I was um, working at the skilled facility taking care of some of the same little patients I ended up taking care of at home later. And then I got involved in the uh, LTAC and in hospital administration. And so I learned a whole different side of how things are done, quality measures, <laughs> um, readmission rates, value-based purchasing. So I got a whole decade-long education on that. And um, then I retired. I was very lucky and very blessed. I told you about, mentioned that bucket list. So I decided that I didn't want to wait until I was retired to travel. So um, I retired about three years ago. I um, went to Greece and went to Italy and went to the Bahamas and just had a grand old time. And then COVID hit. Mm -hmm. Well, so I know that you've come out of retirement recently, and I have to ask you why. What in the world would motivate you to give up the relaxation of retirement and checking all those uh, those checkbox off your bucket list and come surging back into the sniff world again, much less during COVID times? Why did you make well, that choice? And COVID is exactly why I did come out of retirement. I was seeing the stories. I was hearing that just the you know, I have friends all over the country that are nurses and we're on, you know, some social media and I'm hearing these stories and I'm seeing these pictures and the stress and the burden and the, you know, nobody should have to say their last goodbye over an iPad, mm -hmm. right? I just felt like there must be something that I could do. I'm, I'm tearing up just, <laughs> just talking about it. <laughs> so um, I was actively looking for a position and I wanted to find one where I can help as many people as possible. If they'd have had vaccines when I started looking, I probably would have worked at a vaccine clinic, but they, uh, this was in um, March and April. So the, the, um, we didn't have all of that knowledge yet. So um, when I heard about sound physicians, I was familiar with them because they provided hospitalists at a place I had worked at before. I was very familiar with them. They've been around about 20 years. They had great um, outcomes. Their physicians really seemed to care. And so they had just started about a year before the telemedicine STEM program. And the reason that they started it is all of the same reasons that um, I had just been through as an administrator in the last episode of my career. So it felt like a really good fit and I felt like I could do so much for so many people and it's innovative. What, what we're doing is truly innovative. Yeah. I'd love to hear more about that. I mean, to, to come out of retirement, to join this group, there must've been something that really motivated you. What, what about their mission or, or the services that sound provides? Why did that pull you back from retirement back into? Well, I, I mentioned that I had worked night shift at the skilled nursing facility every other weekend there for a while. And I was the on-call nurse at two o'clock in the morning when a patient would fall down. And this, and the question for the nurse becomes, do we treat them or do we transport them, right? Sometimes you call the doctor, they yell at you. Sometimes you call the doctor, they don't call back. Mm -hmm. They don't call back for hours. So you just kind of felt like you were floating around out there without yeah. a lot of help. 
maybe the doctor who was on call for the 30-person medical group for the skilled nursing facility didn't actually see patients at the skilled nursing facility, didn't have a clue who I was calling them about. So there were just a bunch of different reasons that I saw that this was an ideal option, both for the patient and for the skilled facility. And um, it's not, you know, when you think telemedicine, you think um, telephone call, and it's so much more than that. What, what we're doing is so much more than that. So we have 4,000 doctors in 41 states, and we discharge about 300,000 patients a year to skilled nursing facilities. So we're experienced in that patient population. And then some of the innovations that they've made to the telemedicine um, are what swung me all the way over. And I had to talk to them into hiring me. <laughs> well, you know, when I think of, of telemedicine, I think of a call to my doctor for maybe a PCP visit or, you know, in this COVID era, era, we've all become pretty familiar with even maybe visiting a specialist via uh, telemedicine. And I think it's something that's here to stay. I really think that's not even under uh, question at this point. But I want to better understand, and I want our listeners to be able to better understand, is this what you guys do or are the services that sound a little bit different from that? Well, there's, a, there's several differences that I think are key. Number one, we're not a tech company. So we didn't come at it from a tech perspective. We're a company of physicians, started by physicians, run by physicians. We came at it from a physician perspective, from a clinical perspective. So I think that's probably one of the biggest um, differentiators. I've had telemedicine before. I used to um, call them if I got a bladder infection or if I had a sinus infection. Um, you call the doctor, you give them a bit of your history, they call you in a prescription if it's something fairly simple. And so I had that well, be well before COVID. In fact, my, we provide the telemedicine for United Healthcare's um, employees right now, sound physicians. Okay. So we've had that for, that's been around for a while and it was innovative five years ago. But what Sound has done is so much more than that. We have um, access to the record. We chart in the EMR. We have access to the patient's history. Our doctors, as I said, we're discharging 300,000 patients a year to skilled nursing. We have an understanding of what that level of care is, what that level of care can do. And then we've also got um, an optional digital stethoscope, which I just found fascinating where well, we can help the uh, doctor to listen to the lungs or the heart or the bowels. So if something like that is going on, especially important during flu and COVID, right? That we have the ability to assess their lungs and see if we think that there's a pneumonia going on there or a heart failure. So the combination of the physician combined with the technician combined with the digital stethoscope really um, is, is what I'm going for. Yeah, that's really a step above just bringing an iPad to a patient that's really taking you to the next level and enabling the physician to have the kind of information that they would uh, would would acquire if they could be on site, being able to do that totally remotely. So tell me a little bit more about the kind of telehealth calls you guys get at Sound Physicians. Well, so before I get into what types of calls, I want to mention that we work with each skilled nursing facility individually so that our doctors understand what their capabilities are. Mm -hmm. Some facilities may be able to take a higher acuity patient, more oxygen. 
So we have for each individual facility we work with a sort of a custom sheet about what their capabilities are after hours on weekends, labs, IV therapies, oxygen, mm-hmm. nebulizers, radiology, that sort of thing. So that we can treat them in place whenever possible. And we're able to treat in place 96% of the time. So we get about 14,000 calls per month right now through the telemedicine program. We're able to treat 96% of the time in place currently. And then um, we have this escalation protocol. If they do need to go to the emergency room for whatever reason, our doctor does a peer-to-peer with that doctor. So whichever hospital the nursing home wants to send them to, our doctor calls that ER doctor Mm. and gives kind of a report and, hey, I'd like you to do a CAT scan or... They, they need the NG replaced with an x-ray or what, whatever the, the peg, whatever the reason is, but we work with them to try to get the patient back when clinically appropriate. And we're able to do that about two thirds of the time they do have to go out. Yeah, and you know, I've heard you talk about the difference between traditional telehealth and what you do, specifically that hospitalist physicians provide services for you. Why does that make you different and why, what do they do that's extra that maybe a typical telemedicine visit wouldn't cover? Well, we're able to do everything a regular doctor could do at the bedside, except for procedures. Mm-hmm. As I mentioned, we have the ability to assess the patient, but we can, we, the, some of the calls we get, we get calls for fever in the middle of the night. We might get a call for a patient fall in the middle of the night. We get calls for shortness of breath on a weekend. And normally those types of calls, the automatic default answer seems to be send them to the ER, but our doctors are able to keep them in the skilled nursing facility and work within their capabilities to treat the patient the majority of the time. So sometimes it's an abnormal lab that's come back sad at one in the morning. Sometimes it's a vital sign or medicine issue. There are lots of reasons. Sometimes it's just that the family wants to talk to the doctor Mm-hmm. Or, you know, we may need a goals of care discussion. Our doctors have been specifically trained in that. So there are, there are so many different ways that we can help um, um, across, across the board. All right. So Mary, I want to unpack this a little further about the hospitalists that you guys have on, on, your, uh, on your staff and how um, those hospitalists make a real impact on uh, avoiding rehospitalization, shortening the ER visit, getting patients back to the sniff. What is it that you guys do to help facilities with managing that and being as effective as we can to allow residents to um, have as little interruption in care as possible? And that, that interruption in care is certainly important. One thing I don't even think I've mentioned yet is that our doctors are on shift. Mm-hmm. They're not on call. Mm-hmm. They're awake and sitting at a computer and some nights they're begging for a call. They, once in a while, they'll call a skilled nursing facility just to introduce themselves um, if they're working a different shift than usual or something. So they're hospitalist doctors. So they know the difference between what a nursing home can do and what a hospital can do. They have been trained on the SNF goals of care, which is to treat in place, and they are awake and alert and eager to talk to someone, That's which, is very, which is very unusual at three o'clock in the morning when your patient falls. 
So um, like we had a call about a patient fall last weekend and it turned out normally that would be a patient who they would automatically send to the emergency room. But our doctor was able to guide the nurse with the camera through an assessment. And uh, so we're finding that the nurses, um, their skills ramp up a little bit too as we're guiding them through helping us do a video assessment. So we were able to totally avoid a hospital or an ER visit for that. So we stopped that uh, disruption in care on the spot. But if they do need to go to the hospital, our doctors do a peer-to-peer -peer with that particular ER doctor. We call them before they get there when possible. Sometimes it's a true emergency, so we don't get to talk to the skilled nursing facility before they leave, but um, they call us after they get the ambulance arranged or whatever then we call the ER doctor and do a peer-to-peer. -peer. Like, here's what we're capable of. Here's what we can do. Mm. Maybe you do a CAT scan for us and then send them back, something along those lines. So we work with those hospital physicians to coordinate the services and to get them back as soon as possible or avoid that readmission altogether. Well, I think that might be one of the most proactive responses I've ever heard for how a community, a SNF community, could be actively involved in avoiding unnecessary hospitalization. So I'm sure that what you're doing has had a huge impact in the communities you're in. Tell me a little bit more about that. Oh, my gosh, it's been amazing. Like the nurses are so happy. I was on a call with a, um, somebody over near the Tampa area. And the DON and I started a little chat and she was like, my staff is so ecstatic because again, my, da my daughter's best friend works at a skilled nursing facility in Birmingham. I said, what happens when your patient, you know, needs something in the middle of the night? She said, well, I either get yelled at <laughs> or sometimes I get cussed at and almost always they tell me to send them to the ER. It's kind of for some medical directors or whoever's on call, it may be the default answer to mm -hmm. send them to the ER. So when that Twitter transport question happens, we um, are able to treat in place most of the time. She, um, I had a call from a, another DON for a pretty large chain. They have um, a particular set of three doctors that don't call back in the middle of the night. So the nurses have no physician support when, those doc when it's those doctors' patients. They expect the nurses to either default to the ER or wait until 8 a.m. or a decent waking hour to call them. So she has a set of three doctors that don't even call back until waking hour. And, you know, we know during these COVID times that um, staffing has been a huge issue. We've actually seen an exodus from uh, long-term care and skilled nursing, which is quite unfortunate. I hope that that there will be uh, an influx of them as, as things begin to stabilize. But the people that stuck around that are the, the true winners in every community are burned out and they are stretched thin and it is hard to find staff and it's hard to keep them and keep them happy. And it seems like the services that you provide would really boost staff morale. Is that something that you've seen? Yes, we're, we're seeing that quite a bit. We get great responses across the board from the nurses that we work with. Probably the most difficult thing is getting everybody credentialed and into the EHR system. But once that's done, and the nurses have been trained on how simple it is to use because it's literally just log in, one click to get on, find the patient, and you can start messaging the doctor. 
right then and there. They go into what we call the waiting room mm-hmm. and uh, the nurse can start messaging the doctor right then and there. And we're able to call them back within minutes. Our rapid response time is around two and a half minutes. Wow. And our um, average for all calls is around seven minutes. So literally better than many hospitals as far as getting that call back within a reasonable amount of time. And as I mentioned, the nurses feel supported and they feel like their skills are um, improved a little too because we're, we're guiding them through how to do the assessment and what we're looking for. The um, doctors are in pods, so the nurses get the same doctors, same set of doctors. There's like four or five doctors per pod. So they're going to get the same doctors over and over again as they call and they'll develop relationships and everybody learns you know, how to work together smoothly. So again, we're reducing those readmissions at the same time we're improving staff morale. So Mary, you know, I'm hearing everything you're telling me about what your hospitalist physicians do through telemedicine. And I'm thinking about what a great impact that could have on PDPM to be able to avoid unnecessary interrupted stays, which we know can really impact reimbursement. Well, it impacts tax PDPM, I think, in several ways. Not only are we stopping the readmissions, but with this additional layer of support for the nursing staff and for the physician staff, they can feel more comfortable taking a little bit more complicated patients. And I think that the way out of the COVID losses and out of where we've been is, and where we're going with value-based care, I think, you know, the nursing homes are having to treat patients that are more like what used to be a community hospital level and adding that extra awake, alert, waiting for your call physician who has full access to the medical record is going to enable a lot more skilled nursing facilities to be able to take them sicker and keep them in the building to stabilize the census. Absolutely. It sounds like you are very excited to, to be joined with Sound Physicians at this point in time. What is it that's, that's making you so excited and, and what do you look forward to in the future as you move forward with Sound Telephysicians? Well, honestly, I really feel like, as I mentioned at the very beginning, that I'm making much larger a difference by doing what I'm doing than I would be if I were at the bedside one at a time. The stories I'm hearing the family satisfaction, the nurse satisfaction. And when we've saved a readmission, we've um, done something that's important to the referring hospital. We've done something that's important to the skilled nursing facility, but we've also done something that's important to the patient. We've stopped that disruption in care. They're not woken up in the middle of the night and put on a stretcher and driven to the ER and back, or they've been money for costs across the board. So it's, it's just been a win-win-win for me. It's a win for the hospital, a win for the patient, and a win for the skilled nursing building. Yes, it sure sounds like it is. Mary, I want to thank you so much for joining me today and for sharing your journey with Sound and the impact you've had in the elders' lives that your organization cares for. I know Sound has made a tremendous impact in the SNF world, and that impact has been even greater during COVID and PDPM. So thank you for sharing with us today. Well, thanks so much for having me. If you'd like to connect with Mary or Sound Telemedicine, we put her contact info into the podcast description, or you can find out more at soundphysicians.com. Thank you for joining us. And if you enjoyed today's content, 
don't forget to subscribe to our podcast. Remember, it's not just what you know, but how you apply it that makes all the difference. See you next time.